Good morning, everyone. This is your three uh, breakfast cocktail uh, question. Uh, think of it as, as your mimosas while I'm traveling to France today. Uh, got me thinking, once again, about Game of Thrones and expanding on the idea of prophecies and Game of Thrones. So thanks to everyone for listening to my uh, Brand's Plan B and how Brian has set up King's Landing to be the ultimate trap for the White Walkers and the tunnels underneath are how the population and the warriors will survive the wildfire that will go through King's Landing. Uh, if you haven't heard that, please check it out. But this one is about a larger version of that, which is prophecies. Are they right and are they wrong in Game of Thrones? And I s speculate that they're all right and they're all wrong. Let me explain. For the first time in movies or literature, we are seeing time travel from our perspective, not the traveler's perspective. Every story in books or movies about time travel is always about the time traveler and what they do. You see it with Marty McFly, who's gone back a few times and sees versions of himself. You see that with Doctor Who, who keeps changing doctors, but keeps playing out literally the same scenarios over and over and over again. But this time, what George has done, George R. R. Martin has done, is given us the perspective of what time travel looks like from us, whether it's chicken or the egg. And what I suspect seers are seeing are a snapshot of a change and a vision of what Bran has done or is about to do. And when a prophecy goes wrong, it's not that it was wrong, but it was changed. So think of a prophecy as a photograph or, an, or a Polaroid, perhaps, because we know that photographs nowadays, you know, digitally can be modified and altered. But think of it as a, as a, as a, a still paper photograph or a Polaroid. Yes, at that moment, what they saw was correct. They were predicting the actual future. But when Bran goes back and changes things, and we don't know how many times he's done this to get this right, to ultimately defeat the White Walkers, but let's just keep the math simple at a hundred times. Okay, just a hundred. But during those periods of times, people have seen several times that a prophecy has come and gone and has been kind of close or not. That brings us to Melisandre, and maybe that at some point, Robert Baratheon was Azor Ahai. Okay, that Bran tried to use Az uh, use um, Robert Baratheon as Azor Ahai, and after he ran through all the, the scenario as Robert Baratheon being Azor Ahai, it turned out that Robert would not have stopped the Night's King. But Melisandre didn't see that. She saw the single version of Bran trying out Robert Baratheon as Azor Ahai. So that's the vision she saw through the quote-unquote Lord of Light, and that is why she has gone about doing what she has done to make this work. Prophecy seers, what seem to be in this world, are taking snapshots of what could have been and what might have been, or what might be. But at the end of the day, Bran is still the one in control of how the timeline thread is going to play out to his ultimate satisfaction. Never forget that. He is the Three-Eye Raven. And ultimately, his goal is to end the White Walkers, one way or another. Plan A was the wall, 
It didn't seem to work out as Bran the Builder. So plan B, as I have said, and have stated before, King's Landing is going to be the ultimate trap for the White Walkers and the wildfire. Thanks, everybody. Think about this. Uh, subscribe. Favor the station. Tell your friends. Uh, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Good afternoon or good evening, depending on where you're at. This is your three dinner cocktail questions and comments. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about HBO's releasing the titles and synopsises of Game of Thrones, the first three episodes. Uh, check out additional comments over on Ken Napsok's Daily Throne uh, for a more in thorough breakdown of each episode. I'm here to speculate about what I think is going to happen. In the first episode, we're going to probably see Danny landing at Dragonstone and reclaiming and kind of cleaning up the place from, uh, from the Baratheons and checking out the big, large map and not under, then coming to a realization that she does not understand how this land operates anymore. So Tyrion will come in and begin to break down um, who's in charge, who wasn't, as far as he knew when he and Varys were running around. Uh, he's also going to point out that Castly Rock is a strong point and the last strong point for the Lannisters and will begin formulating a plan on how to take it over, probably with the Sistines, uh, those are the sewers, underneath um, uh, Castly Rock. In the books, his dad uh, put him in charge of those things as a joke, and he probably has them memorized on the best ways in and out. In the, um, in the other episodes, but ultimately I believe that all three of these episodes are going to be based ultimately around Cersei, and I think this is the big power play. Basically, it's two, a queen and two pawns, Euron and Littlefinger. Cersei is going to be playing them both against each other. I believe Euron's going to uh, uh, float in with his thousand, thousand boats, or however many he has, and make an offer to say, I'm going to go take out this little fleet and this upstart dragon queen. Uh, I'll do this for you, and when I do, I want to marry you. And she's going to say, okay, sounds good to me. What do I have to risk? If you lose, well, no harm, no foul. You've hurt my enemy. If you win, hey, you know what? We, we played this game once before with a husband I didn't like. So uh, we may play that again. Down to the basement where all those big dragon skulls were. Remember for episode one uh, back in the first season? If you don't remember, go check them back out. And I believe that Cersei is going to hand Euron the horn that controls dragons. In the books, Euron already has it, but I believe that the Lannisters who have that artifact from the Targaryens, it's at that point she hands them over. I also believe within these three episodes that Cersei is going to start taking revenge against the Sand Snakes. In assassinating her daughter, I believe that Cersei will be sending an assassin of her own. Finally, uh, we get to Littlefinger. Littlefinger's going to cause a lot of trouble and a lot of drama in King's Landing. Oh, I'm sorry, up north, because he's going to reveal to lords and ladies there that R plus L equals J. Yes, Littlefinger has known this entire time. Remember that scene when he and Sansa were down in the crypts uh, the first time in Winterfell, and Sansa kind of revealed what she knew about the history, and Littlefinger kind of smiled. Littlefinger's known this entire time who John, who's John's parents actually are, and now he's going to reveal that and spread that gossip all through court, causing the court to have an uprising to say, you've never been a Stark. How can you be king of the North? You are a Targaryen. This is when 
Littlefinger will go to Sansa and say, this is your time, this is your move, go ahead and do this. I need to get out of here. And he's going to go south. And then he's going to pledge his support to Cersei and say, hey, I've got the Knights of the Vale. I control the Vale. I have the heart of this little redhead girl all the way up north. I control the north. You control the south. I should be your king. And now Cersei has two pawns playing off against each other. Euron and Littlefinger, two pawns and a queen, will probably make a king in King's Landing. Share your thoughts. Like, subscribe. Tell your friends about this channel. And you guys have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is Kevin Ross again with your three cocktail early dinner question and comment. Yesterday, on my friend Ken Knapsack's uh, channel here, uh, Daily Thrones, where he talks about uh, Game of Thrones, I proposed kind of a crazy question, kind of a theory, which was, if uh, Bran is a time traveler, that theory's kind of been out there, but I suspect, I suspect that Bran is like Merlin. And Merlin's superpower, his magic power, was to be the original Benjamin Buttons. He knew everything in the future and aged backwards. And so I proposed to Ken, Mr. Knapsack, that Bran taught the Mad King how to make wildfire as a plan B to lure the White Walkers into King's Landing and destroy all the White Walkers while sacrificing King's Landing uh, to the White Walkers. But you're saying, Kevin, that's crazy. That's the entire population of King's Landing. Not necessarily. Let me explain. See, because Bran is this, this time traveler, which has been speculated by other people, I'm not the original one to make that up, but they stop at Bran the Builder. Bran builds the wall. I believe Bran is Bran the Builder, and he builds the wall. But because he is a time traveler, I can see all aspects of his particular timeline. He sees that the wall will not hold back the White Walkers, and so Bran needs a plan B. Plan B is... He learns to manufacture the wildfire from the children of the forest, brings that to the proper time time perspective uh, in our in our time period to the Mad King, who manufactures all the wildfire and has Targaryens build out the 50 miles of tunnels underneath King's Landing. And I propose that what's going to happen is the population and the warriors are going to lure the White Walkers into King's Landing. The population and then the warriors will escape into the tunnels and the dragons will detonate the wildfire around King's Landing, perhaps sacrificing the city, but destroying most, if not all, of the White Walkers. This is Brand's Plan B. Give me a call. Tell me what you think. Uh, let's discuss. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon.